Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Media Boat Podcast. We're coming at you, at you from two different locations this week via Zoom. Welcome. Uh, if you don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is, we are a podcast that tells you all about media, including movies, video games, television, and music, not necessarily in that order. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's that way, that way, that way. Anyways, we are remote right now. Uh, just for the week, we'll side vacation here, but that doesn't stop me from bringing the news to you. <laughs> yes, a lot to talk about, so we're going to keep rolling. Uh, but by the way, it is August the 6th, 2022. We are in August, believe it or not. Uh, and this is episode 343. So thank you for joining us. Let's get rolling right into it. Yes, uh, also, thank you for Halo. For what? Halo, three for three. Oh, at the jokes coming from wherever you are right now (laughs) (laughs) the kitchen kitchen yes (laughs) all right let's start with uh music like we always do or recently do uh and we start with the billboard charts and with the hot 100 this week hey it didn't change from last week so that means your number one uh song is still about damn time by lizzo your number two is As It Was by Harry Styles. Number three, Running Up That Hill, A Deal With God by Kate Bush. Number four, First Class by Jack Harlow. And rounding out your top five is still Wait For You by Future featuring Drake and Thames. Not a whole lot of movement there. No, nothing in fact. No movement at all. But we do have some movement in the Billboard 200, your albums mm-hmm. chart. Your number one album, though, is still Un Verano Senti by Bad Bunny. Moving up to number two, unfortunately is our enemy, Dangerous the Double Album by Morgan Wallen, somehow higher than before. Number three, Harry's House by Harry Styles. Number four, debuting in number four this week, 17, fourth album repackage, colon, Sector 17 by 17. Uh, <laughs> this week in obnoxious titles from K-pop fans. Um and then rounding out your top five, I Never Liked You by Future, returning to the top five after a few weeks out. If you're wondering where the Beyonce album is, next week. Next week. Me, speaking of, if you didn't like any of those, we do have new releases this week, more than last week, in fact. First up, Heavy Rocks by Boris, mm-hmm. Cheap Codes by Danger Mouse and Black Thought, Bigger, Messier by Danny Elfman, yes. <laughs> That Danny Elfman. Day Glow, based on a true story by Erasure. Cry Sugar by Hudson Mohawk. Chopper by Kiwi Jr. A Foul Form by OCs. And No Rules Sandy by Sylvanesso. I feel like that's something you would want to hang out with at a party. It's like, oh, that's No Rules Sandy. She goes wild. <laughs> All right, let's move yeah, on. Beware, that's No Rules Sandy. She goes wild. <laughs> no, that's what I'm going to call Patrick Sandoval next time he pitches. I'm like, oh, that's no rule. <laughs> All yeah, right. It's Watson has the wild pitches, though. <laughs> yeah, you don't want wild, actually. You're a pitcher, you're right. All right, let's move on. Uh, this week, there were so few music stories that I just did Beyonce bits. There were three mm-hmm. stories uh, from the Beyonce camp following the release of Renaissance. One of them is a follow up from last week. So I'll just go through this pretty quickly here. First up, Renaissance has undergone a few post-release cosmetic changes. On Wednesday morning, Variety editors confirmed that Khalees' milkshake sample can no longer be heard on the track on Spotify. Hmm. Again, follow up from last week where Khalees publicly said that she was upset with Beyonce by including her uh, milkshake sample without her consent. Although the sample still remains on Apple Music. I don't know if that's true as of right now, but as of the writing of this article, that was true. Although Beyonce's reps have not yet confirmed the exact reasoning behind the change, the removal of the interpolation is likely linked to Khalees' disapproval of the use of her song. On the album's release date, the R&B singer took to Instagram to vent her frustration toward Beyonce, who she claims sampled her 2003 song without informing her, like we talked about last week. So probably resolved at this point. Um, So good for Khalees for letting Beyonce know, and she did the right thing. Next bit in the Beyonce world. Oscar-nominated songwriting legend Diane Warren made an enemy out of Beyonce's Beehive this week after questioning why one of the singer's new songs off her Renaissance album has over 20 credited writers. 
Warren did not mention Beyonce by name in her initial tweets, but she wrote, how can there be 24 writers on a song? This isn't meant as shade. I'm just curious. Beyonce's fans assumed Warren was calling out Alien Superstar, the third track on Renaissance, that boasts well over 20 credited songwriters. As Warren later pointed out, one reason the song has so many writers credited is because of the samples inter and interpolations it features. So yeah, this kind of sparked a little conversation about songwriting on music Twitter. A lot of people were saying like, yeah, modern songwriting is so much of a comp more complicated piece than it was in the 70s that a lot of older songwriters don't really understand like, oh no, you need to credit every single piece of this puzzle. And so that's when you get these songs with a lot of different writers on them. So I think Diane Warren was coming from a good a place here. It's this that you say anything against any big star on Twitter and the stands will go after you. Right. But I mean, she did get her answer. She did post about her answer. And ultimately, yes, it is technically a legal issue if you're not properly credited in a song. Right. As we've seen multiple times here on this podcast, as we love to yes. talk about songwriting drama. Oh, we love songwriting, song lawyers, songwriting lawsuits. Yeah. All right. And then lastly, in Beyonce bits this week, Beyonce's seventh studio, uh, uh, well, I can skip that part. Uh, one lyric in the song Heated off of Renaissance left many listeners outraged on social media. If this story sounds familiar, you'll remember we recorded a similar one about Lizzo just a couple weeks ago. The song includes the word, and I'm just saying this for reference purposes, spaz, during a verse in which Beyonce sings, et cetera, on that ass, et cetera, on that ass. In the medicinal field, the term spastic refers to a disability that makes it difficult for people to control their muscles, especially in their arms and legs. The singer's team confirmed to Variety that the lyric will be, and has been, I can prove this, I listened to Renaissance this past week, and the word has been replaced, um, on Apple Music at least, and has been removed. Uh, the line has been replaced to be the following, blastin' on that ass, blast on that ass, which to me has a different connotation altogether, but whatever, it's close enough. Uh, the word... Um, you go blast toys on that ass? <laughs> yeah. Hmm, makes you think. Um, so the quote from the Beyonce's team reads, the word, not used intentionally in a harmful way, will be replaced. So yes, like I said, this just happened with Lizzo. Uh, one of her songs on, on the record special was also changed. Uh, because it included the same word. The exact same word, yes. Exact same word used in the same. Uh, so just a note about this before we move on uh, from the story. This is apparently more of a sensitive issue in the UK, where it has classically been seen as a slur. Here in the US, less so, but I feel like we're getting to a point where now more people are being more sensitive about the word. Um, it's good, just good in general that they're making these changes as these things come up. Uh, one additional wrinkle to the story. Apparently, um, some people thought this was, well, meant, oh, Beyonce was open season on Beyonce lyrics. Let's, everybody's going to come out of the word work and try to get things changed. One person in particular was Monica, Monica Lewinsky, who apparently uh, tried to get at Beyonce and her team about, of course, her inclusion in the song uh, Partition off of a self-titled record Beyonce put out in 2014. Um, so yeah, a little late, uh, Monica. It is a gross line, I will admit. Um, so yeah, I get where she's coming from, but uh, it might be a little too late to have that conversation. <laughs> Just, I mean, Twitter was around back then. Maybe not as big as it was is now. Yeah. And hey, different time. All right. Yeah, but maybe third time's a charm. Um, <laughs> only one more songwriter needs to put that lyric in their song, and then everyone's going to swear it off forever. Maybe. All right. Recording. Uh, you, you listen to a record. Yes, uh, but real quick, one second news story follow-up. Demi Lovato yes. uh, recently uh, came out that she said that she's feeling more feminine and is switching her pronouns to she, her. So I saw that it's an, in addition to they, them. She's still, she okay, was still it's both, which a lot of people do do. So, right. so yes, I, I saw that as well. So just an update if you're writing any articles referring to her. <laughs> All right, let's move on uh, to the next part here. So you listen to a record or you listen to a bunch of old songs collected in a record, I guess is what you Yeah, think. I guess in a world of streaming and playlists, do we need an album that is 
a playlist of your greatest, essentially a greatest hits album, Curtain Call 2 by Eminem, in reference to Curtain Call 1. Yes. Um, back in 2003? Yeah. yeah, so this Curtain Call 2 basically covers everything from that for the past 15 years that Eminem has done from his uh, relapse recovery albums, kamikaze albums, even stuff that he did um, with Bruno Mars uh, with uh, like Bad Meets Evil back in like the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember that part? <laughs> uh, so yeah, lots of greatest hits here. Trying to figure out like if it's different from a playlist because only everything has been released except for one song from 50 Cent back in like 2011, I want to say. It yeah. just never got released. It's fine. That's, <laughs> that's the only new song. Other than that, it's a greatest hits album. I mean, yeah. Your, what, what can you say? Your mileage may vary based on how much you liked Eminem's output from this period of his career. Obviously, this is past his peak. Um, Curtain Call 1 was a collection of his biggest records. Since then, he's more of been a legacy act. He, you know, shows up to basically show off how good he is at rhyming. Like, that's pretty much his M.O. Yeah, like I said, he's had three uh like five albums now mm-hmm. at least since then yeah, he's been had a few albums but yeah this is the best best of compilation of all those albums yeah so yeah it's, call, it. call two. it's there <laughs> is there there's if also you want... two versions yeah if you want yeah, there's two versions the explicit tag if you want it if you don't there's the unexplicit non-adult content rated tag can you imagine there would be nothing there would be nothing left <laughs> so yeah if you like Eminem's later work it's all collected for you in one like nice little tidy package so uh, nice if you want it uh, but for some of us who are kind of over uh, the Eminem idea then this is, doesn't offer much of new experience either that or like those who don't have like playlists for Eminem or can find <laughs> playlists for Eminem yeah. it's, and that's what it's for basically yeah, you may have already built this album yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or may have built a better album yourself with Maybe. the ones you actually like. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the record for the week. So let's move on into our second section, which is video games. We start video games, as always, with the new releases this week. We have Two Point Campus by the Two Point Hospital people. This is a college campus creation, like SimCity-esque game. Um, this is out on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Switch, and PC. So if you have it, you can play it. It's on Game Pass for those who have Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. Next up, Tower of Fantasy on PC. Arcade Paradise for everything. Cult of the Lamb, also for everything. Rumbleverse for everything but the Switch. That one seems neat. It's a um, like a Fall Guys-esque Mm-hmm. Um, game, but with like wrestlers, it's like a battle royale essentially with wrestling moves. And super right, but don't get it confused with like Brawlhalla or other no, stuff. because it's 3D and mm-hmm. you're like on like giant skyscrapers and buildings and stuff. So, for example, you can like grab somebody and like pile drive them off a building. It seems pretty cool. I feel like with your new interest, recent interest in wrestling, you should absolutely give this a look. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then we also, then lastly, we have the PC release of Marvel Spider-Man Remaster. Uh, so if you've been waiting on PC to play Spider-Man, didn't have a PS4, uh, here's your chance. Those are your new releases. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Metaverse is supposed to come out, or did come out? Metaverse is in beta. free beta right now. If you it's want waited. to try Metaverses, which is the Warner fighting game, uh, you can do so right now for free. It is still in testing, like I said, in beta. Its full release will come later. But yes, if you want to try uh, beat Superman up with Shaggy, you can do that right now, if you so <laughs> choose. All right. Our first story in video games this week is about Game Pass, which was a great segue until we talked about multiverses. but yes game pass is getting potentially a new update but microsoft's testing the waters a little bit first a new preview being tested from today or as of the writing of this article earlier this week will let some xbox game pass ultimate members share their membership with multiple users the xbox game pass insider preview currently will allow users in ireland and Colombia 
to quote, add up to four people to their subscription, all with their own unique access to Game Pass, Ultimate Games, content, and benefits. A family plan, according to Microsoft. While players being added to a subscription doesn't have to be part of the Insider program, they do need to live in the same country as the Insider adding them, essentially limiting the trial currently to Ireland and Colombia. But I mean, obviously this will come here eventually. This is just a family plan, which is an existing thing that other subscription services have already had, like Apple, uh, for instance, and a lot of like similar kind of tech companies offer this kind of idea. It makes sense to offer this as Game Pass. I imagine the price will go up slightly. I would imagine maybe this goes up to like, I actually don't remember what it is right now, 15. So maybe this goes up to 20 a month for a family plan. I could imagine that. Yeah, it's 15 a month uh, for the Ultimate because it's specifically the Ultimate version, which is both Xbox and PC. And that's currently for one user. Yes. So Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised this went to 20 or even 25. Maybe 25, yeah. But, um, if you're going up to four people. But potentially really good if you are someone mm-hmm. who has a lot of close friends and family who have different individual Xbox accounts, you could save some money by splitting that cost. It's something that maybe we could consider if that comes to it. Hey. Okay. So we'll keep an eye out on the family plan and see if that goes wide soon. Mm-hmm. And our next story is there was a Pokemon Direct this week with a brand new trailer for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Before we did Scarlet and Violet stuff real briefly, though, they did announce a couple of things besides that. Uh, even more Mewtwo content coming to Pokemon Cafe. Uh, Christy's very excited about this. Uh, There's some Pokemon Go events that were announced yeah. as well. They talked a lot about Pokemon Go and uh, some specific yeah, events and, and uh, all gems being available now, which is wild to me. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, Pokemon Go remains happening. They talked a little about um, being able to stream the finals of all of the upcoming uh, world championship uh, competitions, which is very cool. And uh, but yeah, the main event, of course, was more information about Scarlet and Violet. So let's break it down. They also celebrated um, Pokemon Unite as well for one year. Yes, that's true. Yes. First up in Violet and Scarlet updates, Rideable legendary Pokemon. So we already got the reveal of the new legendaries. Uh, they both look like kind of dragons with motorcycle wheels. Um, it's Pokemon on motorcycles. It is. Pokemon on motorcycles. Pokemon on motorcycles. I know what you're referencing. Um, yes, but um, the faces, however, remind me a lot of uh, how to train your dragons. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit toothless there. But anyway, so it appears that these will not just be Pokemon you get at the end of the game. They will be helpers that will help you throughout the, the adventure by being what essentially the trailer shows being your HM Pokemon. Uh, they will be your bike. They will be your surf. They will be your fly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You will use them as a vehicle to trans, transport all around the world. Except there's more than that because they're also apparently ability, uh, like uh, able to like climb up mountains and stuff. It seems like... These are your open world uh, like tools. You can go faster, you can glide, you can fly, you can swim, et cetera, with the help of these legendary Pokemon. So yeah, those are, so Coridon is the one exclusive to Scarlet and Miraidon is exclusive to Violet. Yep, rides fly and sail on them. Trainers, so the framing device in this one was also revealed. So it seems like there are three stories happening in the Scarlet and Violet mm-hmm. games. And only one of them is the traditional gym battle, um, get to the Elite Four structure, which makes me really curious about what those other two are. Um, it's the RPG elements that they talked about that they want to incorporate. Yeah, it's interesting. And it makes it seem, it makes Scarlet and Violet feel so much bigger than Sword and Shield. Because I remember the, a lot of the commentary about Sword and Shield mm-hmm. was like, wait, that's it? And that, so this was the only open area. Yeah, there's only one big open area and that was it. So this is an entire open area. This is a mm-hmm. complete open world uh, game. And yeah, so how they're framing the gym battle uh, portion of the game, they're calling it a treasure hunt. Your character is part of basically a Pokemon prep school. And the leader of the prep school is like, all right, we're doing this treasure hunt. You guys go and basically do the eight, eight gym battle challenge. And that's the framing device here. It's not the biggest uh plot but maybe there's more that we don't know about maybe one of those other stories has more like plot heavy story elements maybe maybe one of them is like contests i don't know we'll see 
Uh, but at least now we know that only a portion of the game will be the traditional HM battles. And the coolest part, it can be approached in any order, similar to what we saw in um, in um, Sun and Moon. Uh, there's no set order for the gym uh, gym experience. You can go to any city and go to tackle any gym at any time, which is neat. Now, that being said, the roads do lead you into specific cities and orders, but there's nothing blocking you from continuing your journey to the other cities. Yeah, only your ability as a trainer to get there is pretty much your, your only uh, barrier. Uh, the latest video uh, also showed off some new Pokemon, including Paldean Wooper. A variation, of course, the Gen 2 Pokemon from Gold and Silver he is colored brown and has a poisonous film. Uh, mm -hmm. So don't touch the Palladian uh, Wooper. Also, we should probably say they named the region. Uh, it is Paldea, uh, which is, um, yeah, pretty good name, I think. Uh, I think they did so they could call all the Pokemon variation people Paldean. Yeah. Paldean. That's good. Yeah. Paldea, uh, Paldean. Paldean. Paldea, Paul Dano. Paul Dano. <laughs> Paul Dano. Yes. The Paul Dano. Palladium. The Palladium. The Palladium. Palladium. <laughs> uh, we also saw the Pokemon, new Pokemon, Fido, which the internet is obsessed with already. Yes. Which is a small dog made out of bread. And everybody loves that. Um, yes. It has yeast breath. breath. Evolution. Yeah, right? Yeah. My favorite thing is the, the yeast breath that it has. <laughs> you see this? Apparently, like, if it breathes on you, it's like yeast. Yeast. Yeast, yes. Because um, it's bread, you know. And then we also saw Satitan, which is a nice type Pokemon. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, pretty neat. We also got a peek at the, quote, gimmick, unquote, of this generation. We had, of course, Gigantamax, Z-Moves. We had Mega Evolutions. This generation, it is... Tar tar not really sure how to pronounce this. Terrestrial? Terrestrial. So terrestrial Terror. Pokemon, uh, which yes. is a mechanic that changes the design and stats of your Pokemon. They are crystal, basically, and feature changes to their appearance, such as crystal flowers or balloons popping out of their heads. Yes, terrestrializing. Hmm? Yeah, it's terres they're terrestrializing. Terrestrializing. Every Pokemon in the region will be able to terrestrialize. You don't need a special like Z crystal to make this work. And doing so will increase their stats for that type. Uh, every Pokemon, or yeah, uh, Pokemon may adopt new types as part of this process. They mentioned Eevee specifically. Certain Eevees will have certain predilections to certain types, so you won't find out until you try it whether they're like kind of destined to basically be the leaf type mm -hmm. or grass type or water type or whatever. Uh, but most of the time, it'll match the type that they are. Uh, some except one exception that they said if you pre-order the game, you'll have access to a Pikachu that has a flying uh, terrestrialize, which uh, makes balloon. Balloons pop out of his head and has the move fly. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, that is a pre-order bonus um, available to redeem up to February. Yeah. Very so cool. three months. So I will definitely take advantage of that. Um, Pokemon, so yeah. Terrestrial raid battles were also announced. Uh, they're similar to the raid battles that were introduced in um, Sword and Shield. They will still allow for up to four players to battle powerful Pokemon mm -hmm. and try to up, get a chance to catch them. One minor change though, instead of taking individual turns, you will all be able to attack the terrestrial raid Pokemon at the same time. Um, so how the raid battles work, this doesn't actually change much to the dynamic. It is interesting though, from a Pokemon move standpoint, because this means that they will be less like set up for uh, link moves that are traditionally used for 2v2 battles. I wonder how that's gonna work, but besides that, it's an interesting wrinkle and will speed up the process of doing a raid battle, which I'm sure a lot of people who played a lot of those in Sword and Shield uh, will be happy about. So, yeah, that's what we saw, the new news from Scarlet and Violet. Uh, those games look better and better every time they talk about them. I like the freedom that they're allowing this, uh, this time, uh, it seems like. And the thing that really gets me is having those three stories divided. Like I like it sounds huge and it sounds like there's a variety of things to do and it's mm -hmm. super appealing. So I'm looking forward to it. So that's in November. Those games. Yeah, official release date November the 18th. Uh, so do you know which version you're getting? So yes, uh, Christine is getting Violet and I'm getting Scarlet. Okay. That's how we're going to so do it. I think I'm getting uh, Violet because of Miradon. Ah, okay. They call me, yeah. Also, I think I like the design of Miradon better than uh, Kiradon. Also, I mean, Violet has the 
the uh the dude like the dude uh professor and scarlet has the the, the lady professor oh right uh, christy and i did you know we ended up choosing the right <laughs> All right. That's so, how you guys chose. Uh, okay. No, no, she she actually uh, she loves like purple and variants of purple. So she as soon as they announced Scarlet and Violet, she was like, oh, Violet. Okay. All right, let's move on. No um, word on the final evolutions for the rookies, though. No, we still haven't seen evolutions of the starters. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Games. Uh, did, did you play any video games this week? Uh, I finished Neon White. You finished it. Yep. Wait, did I finish it? No, I didn't finish it. <laughs> on the last level. Okay, you're on the last level of Neon White. Yes. Uh, I got through all the trials. I'm on day, uh, day zero of Judgment Day. Cool. So, yeah. Um, still living it. Still low speed running it. It's puzzles. It's figuring it out. I. Yeah. Yeah, it's still good. I haven't gone back to um, As Dusk Falls yet. Okay. finish up that story i probably will um either this week or next week but uh it's not high on my two playlist okay yeah i will hopefully finish up neon white soon as well um uh, so maybe we can talk about final thoughts next week or mm-hmm. sorry two weeks uh because i will be gone yeah. wait no i am here no, no, next, week. next week so yes next week following week yes yeah, following week I'll be gone. all right um, but in the meantime, I did play a little bit stuff of stuff last night. Uh, Christy and I jumped on the new Mario Kart 8 DLC tracks that launched Ooh. yesterday. Uh, eight new tracks uh, to add to the, the running total of, I believe, by the end of the year will be um, an additional 888860. 32. 32? Yeah, something like that. 834 32. Yeah, an additional 32 uh, tracks. So, uh, yeah. New ones are pretty cool. Um, some of the remakes um, have new uh, features in them to make them a little bit more uh, in-depth than they used to be. For example, the Mario Kart 64 track, Calamari Desert, which people like me, El Pogies, who grew up on Mario Kart 64, will remember as the one with the train in the desert, mm-hmm. um, has a new whole section in it that really threw me for a loop yesterday, uh, no pun intended. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's, it's fun, the stuff that they're kind of reworking with the old levels. And the new level was pretty cool too. Uh, uh, sun, sun, Sky High Sunday, I believe it's tra- uh, called. You're basically going up a giant mountain of ice cream and coming back down. It's very cool. So yeah, if you have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, it's a no-brainer to get the this pack and just keep getting new tracks all year long. It's great and it's uh, putting life back into that game, which is which is really fun. I think uh, weirdly enough, buying that game uh, earlier this year, late, like after years after its original release has ended up being an incredibly good investment. We play it all the time. So yeah, Mario Kart, still good. So that's all I played this week. So let's move on into the second act of the show. We start with television. Rolling right into it. Rolling right into it. And we start the television section with the sports section. We start with NFL news. As you know, um, NFL preseason will start very, very soon. So get ready. Yep, uh, we had the Hall of Fame game on Thursday where the Raiders beat the Jaguars. There you go. Or the backup players for the Raiders beat up the backup players for the Jaguars. <laughs> it's a Hall of <laughs> Fame game. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're going to get. Um, but yeah, but first off, we do have a news story from the NFL. The NFL is repealing Deshaun Watson's ruling on his six-game suspension. So what's going on with Deshaun Watson here? So Deshaun Watson, uh, we've mentioned it, he's got the 23 plus accusations still ahead of him pending in court. As such, uh, the league went into arbitration to rule on how long he would be out for, um, and they ruled six games. NFL is now appealing said ruling um, to get more games added. Mm. Um, We'll see how long this goes. They appealed, but then once the ruling comes down, um, then Deshaun Watson can appeal that to the Supreme Court saying, hey, we went through arbitration. You can't appeal through arbitration. That's mm-hmm. what arbiters for. <laughs> right. So we'll see what happens here, but it's looking more and more likely that Deshaun Watson will indeed play yeah. at least the first half, unlike Calvin Ridley, who will miss this whole season. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Just 
serve your time. Like there's reason for what you. No, no, no. See, he did serve his. He would have served his time. This is not Deshaun Watson and the NFLPA appealing it. This is the NFL themselves appealing the decision to get more games suspended. Yeah. And still, like, do we or, really you know, like to... kick him out of the league? Like, just don't pay him. It's like, yeah, but do we really want to see the dude? I, I don't. I only don't want to see him. That's why he's in Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) No one gets to see him. All right, moving on. Uh, Speaking of the NFL, there's a new way to watch football games this season Mm -hmm. thanks to NFL Plus, which is a new uh, streaming service. Is that correct? Um, That is different from their traditional um, uh, mechanisms to watch football. In the past, of course, we've had Red Zone. We've had things like the NFL Network. We've had things like deals made by individual like with individual networks. This is the first time the NFL is doing something similar to what uh, Major League Baseball does and offering one hub where you can see games. I'm assuming this works like the MLB one does. Yes, yes, it is mainly works for out of network. But yeah. yeah, but without blackout, uh, with, with blackout uh, games. So if you want to watch, for example, LA Rams games here, you can't. Um, I mean, you can when they're on the road, but you can't watch it. Look, you have to go to oh. an actual like, TV. That's interesting because the MLB one blocks out no matter what. You can't watch road yeah. games either. No, it's to watch uh, out of market teams. Yeah. So, like, if you're most of the time, like, if you're like, in, like, for example, in LA, the Rams and the Chargers will get precedent in the LA area for markets mm-hmm. before uh, other teams. Yeah. But yeah, so that service will be launching soon and it will have a $4.99 a month price tag. Now, you are now this is different from NFL Sunday ticket, which they yes. are still trying to find a new home for. Maybe not, I mean, because it got pulled from Direct TV. Current leader is looking either at Apple TV Plus or Amazon because yeah. Amazon recently has is doing the Thursday games. They have four weeks until the start of the season to yeah. make a decision of who gets these streaming rights. So, as someone who watches a lot of football games and would like to have access to all of them at once. What now with this premiering will be your preferred method? Is it this? Is it Sunday Ticket? Or is it still Red Zone? I know you're an avid. It's still Red Zone. It's still Red Zone. Um, NFL Plus does not include Red Zone. They made specific (laughs) about that. It's a different deal. Does not include Red Zone. Um, That may change in the future. But as of this recording, as of this upcoming season, it currently does not feature Red Zone. So I don't see an incentive to get to, to purchase it. So if you like scoring drives, which I know I do, yes, Red Zone's still the pick because then you get to see when stuff gets exciting. Yes, all the fantasy numbers get popping up there. Yeah. Uh, NFL Plus is for anyone in, really into the NFL. It's also all the archives of uh, not just past games, but also anything that the NFL NFL Network has put together, That's like cool. the football life stories, um, like the, the John Madden thing that they just did. A lot of different... Uh, stuff and behind the scenes and like history of football on NFL plus and uh just like the MLB one I feel like it's it's really worth it if you are a transplant who has a, a of a fan who's a fan of a team that's elsewhere in another state mm-hmm. and you want to watch every single game well then there you go this is perfect for you because you can just watch one game a week with your with your favorite team that's out of market so unless they're at at home uh, here, like in LA, when you can't, then you can't watch them. Yes. Oh, well, doesn't matter. Anyways, let's move on um, elsewhere in sports here. I'm going to skip this next one because I want that to be our last story. Uh, okay. Live Golf, an update about Live Golf. Live Golfers have sued the PGA over contract work. So this includes Phil Mickelson and about seven others who left the PGA to go play at Live Golf. Yeah. Because the PGA essentially banned them. However, what's come out of this, and I think one of those people don't know, and I didn't know this initially, is that the players on the PGA Tour are not paid by the PGA Tour. They are contract workers. So essentially, if they can find contracts somewhere else, why? how should that prevent them from still working for the PGA? Yeah. I don't know. So they're suing that, hey, like we had a contract here. Just because I go play for someone else doesn't mean that you should be prohibiting me from playing here when it's still contract work. Yeah. The fun thing of being uh, contract employees, unlike NFL, MLB, which has a player association, uh, they have unions tied to it. The PGA does not. Yeah. 
So who knows? Maybe this will form a PGA union out of it. That would be nice. If Live Golf gives us anything good, it would be that. Uh, because, oh boy, what a complicated mess this has become. Yeah. And moving on, to speaking of complicated messes, the MLB trade deadline uh, happened on Tuesday. So all sorts of trades happened across the league, but none made as much noise that than the San Diego Padres winning the whole thing by acquiring one Soto. We've talked about the Soto drama for the last couple of weeks here. I mean, it was up in the air where he would be going. Uh, of course, this comes from the Nationals not wanting to renew or him not wanting to resign with the Nationals for a big price tag. So they decided to get rid of him. And so, yeah, the Padres picked him up and yeah, already seems to have been paying dividends for them. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, get the home run champion going to a previous home run champion uh, mm-hmm. in Tatis. <laughs> it's interesting because this heats up the National League a little bit. Uh, yeah. Previously, it was like compete against the Dodgers. Yeah, it was Dodger Town. Um, and now all of a sudden, there's actually momentum for San Diego. So it'll be really interesting to watch the rest of the season and see what happens in that realm. Um, yeah, it could be it could be really cool. Mm hmm. All right. Um, then lastly in uh, sports news, the biggest story of the week, of course, was we found the other shoe finally dropped on the Brittany Griner case. Russia did end up sentencing her to nine years in prison. Um, and yeah, it's not looking like any intervention that we ha- will do or can do will change that sentence. It seems like this, we tried to uh, do that prisoner swap we talked about last week and it, it has not come to fruition. Yeah, this doesn't mean like prisoner swap can happen down the line, mm-hmm. but the official sentencing from the judge for nine years is official now, yeah. or Russian official now. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal mm-hmm. for something that should not be as uh, severely punished as as it, as it is. And yeah, it's just it's a it's just a bad look all around, and uh, it just sucks. So. We'll be keeping an eye on the story, and hopefully if there's good updates, we'll have them. But right now, it looks like uh, not good news for Brandon Greiner. Right. On that note, on that fun, uh, cheery note, anything else in sports before we move on? Um, news of Tiger Woods was offered $850 million to join Live Golf, and he turned it down. <laughs> the other Live Golf story that came out, um, other than that, mm, no, because we talked about the Dolphins last week. Yeah. Yeah, that was the other thing that continues to fall out from that. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye out on all those stories. And in the meantime, let's move on out of sports and into television news. And nothing was reported more this week than HBO Max. Okay, Warner... so we have two stories here, but yeah. it's really just one big HBO one Max story. Big story. So basically, HBO Max as a concept has completely like is starting to dissolve this week. It's it's like becoming very eyes here. Yeah, it's becoming hard to imagine it existing for very much longer uh, due to huge changes uh, coming to the service thanks to new leadership with Discovery um, after the merger with Warner. Um, yes. So thanks CEO David Zaslav for all this. Yes. Earlier in the week, Warner Brothers Discovery made the decision to remove the nearly complete Batgirl and Scoob Holiday Hunt films from their release calendar. And that's both theatrical and HBO Max, canceling both of those outright without any distribution. Uh, So the company can take a tax write-down on both projects and try to recoup production costs. Of course, this made some ripples through the uh, social media. A lot of people saying, like, why the hell wouldn't you uh, show it if it was done? Why aren't you doing this kind of stuff? Like, completely baffled both fans and other people in the entertainment industry. That was followed up by six HBO Max films being taken off the service and into a vault, including The Witches, An American Pickle, and Moonshot. Notably, three films released through it within the past year. Originals label earlier this year. During an earnings call on Thursday, CEO David Zaslav claimed Discovery Plus has a better tech stack and would become the core of the new service, which will combine the content of HBO Max with the content and tech of Discovery Plus starting in 2023. The current versions of HBO Max and Discovery Plus account for a combined 92 million subscribers, according to the quarterly earnings report. Warner Brothers Discovery hopes to reach 130 million global subscribers, 
2025. So additional wrinkles here. Um, so they, I'm, I'm quickly looking at see the second story if this actually has it. No, it no, it's like a story uh, about animation. They also mentioned um, that 70% of the staff uh, for HBO orig Max original content was laid off. Um, they said that scripted uh, series have a questionable uh, future for the network, um, as a lot of the scripted uh, shows in, that are currently labeled as Max originals will be now rolled over to HBO, which is, again, to remind you, it's really confusing, but separate team than the HBO Max stuff. H mm -hmm. People were staffed specifically to work on HBO Max, separate from the HBO in-house stuff. That won't be the case moving forward. As they continue to silo off these two sides, it looks like they will completely remove HBO Max originals from the lineup. And that goes for films and television series. Um, yeah, not a great look. Um, notably after this uh, earnings call, which by the way, fueled the internet with some hilarious pictures from the slideshow, uh, including my favorite, which is just content and then arrows and it's a streaming TV movies. And that was the entire slide. Oh, my favorite one was the uh, top franchises of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, Wizarding World, Lego, and then 90 Day Fiance Universe. It's the 90 Day Fiance U, you know, everyone knows yes. that 90. I'm most familiar with the, the 90 Day NDFU. You know, the 90 DFU. Everybody knows that. Um, so yeah, that was funny. Also, they referred to HBO Max as male skewing and Discovery yes. Plus as female skewing. Skewing embarrassing anyways if that wasn't bad enough our second story talks about his future with animation hbo max has canceled ellen degeneres's preschool series little ellen and it emerged that this was part of a much wider strategy shift in kids animation the animation pullback follows the recent cancellation of gordita chronicles in which hbo max said via a spokesperson that quote live action kids and family programming will not be part of our programming focus in the immediate future cfo gunner Weidenfels confirmed that kids and animation content across both streaming and linear networks would be, quote, cut without an adequate investment case against them. Weidenfels added that these savings would also include from cuts to streaming movies, the closure of CNN Plus, the exit from the local content and international markets, and, quote, restructuring the scripted content portfolio of the linear net, as we mentioned. So basically, it's coming, the cuts are coming everywhere, and they're really trying to own in on what they want this service to be. Also notable here, not in these stories, the future combination service will not be named HBO, nor will it be named Discovery. They're going to name it some new name to further confuse their uh, viewership, I guess. Um, and it will try to, I guess, directly compete against Netflix and Hulu and, and Apple and everybody else. So yeah, this new service will come next year, summer 2023. Yeah, my current take is WB plus. Maybe, maybe I can see Just that. Make it, or Warner plus. Or something simpler, something cleaner like that. Oh, I hope they don't make up a stupid word. <laughs> we saw what happened with CBS All Access. They yeah. had to switch to Paramount Plus. Right. And it's been well, doing good with Paramount Plus. So yeah, yeah. It's a weird story because yeah, you're taking they're taking something that was getting better and getting traction and completely taking the legs off of it, like just completely like cutting it in half and it's being like, no, we're not going to do that anymore because we're in charge now, Discovery, and we want well, how we do business is basically what, so what everyone feared when they heard that it was Discovery buying Warner, not the other way around. Yeah. So get ready for reality shows upon reality shows upon reality shows being their focus, really cheap stuff to make and churn out. And then HBO premium content. And that's probably it. That's probably all we're getting going forward. Those are two extremes and nothing in the middle. Yeah. Just a barren or, wasteland. And Warner movies, except even that's changing as mm -hmm. pre the previous 45 day window between theatrical release and HBO Max has now been changed completely to a case by case basis. So they'll be taking individual films and deciding on that. So, it's a mess. It's a mess. Congratulations, you messed it up. Yeah, congratulations on taking a good thing and throwing it into the gutter. We'll keep an eye on, on, on this, of course, and have all the updates that you need about HBO Max's fate. In the meantime, you watched an HBO Max show. In fact, you finished an HBO Max show. Yes, I did. Uh, F-Boy Island finale right. finally came. Who was the F-Boy? Um, who was the F-Boy? <laughs> uh, performed F-Boys. Um, our, 
unlike the previous season, our thoughts of what was going to happen turned out to be wrong. I'm happy that we were wrong, but at the same time, it's weird how they still get people to sign up for this thing, <laughs> <laughs> knowing like what the potential outcomes can be. Um, at least like they actually got to keep the money this time instead of uh, what happened in season one, where it's like, oh, we really don't want you to win here, so we're just going to donate charity. And like <laughs> right at the last second there, but uh, still fun, still trash TV, yeah. but one of the funner trash TV. Thank you, uh, Nikki Blazer. <laughs> we'll for making it, uh, making it fun and bearable. Oh, okay. So will you watch another F- uh, season of F-Boy Island if it comes? Yes. Do I have to, you just want me to get yes on, on record? Yes. <laughs> All right, yes. <laughs> All right. And besides that, you also watch something else? Yes, uh, something on Disney Plus called um, Light and Magic, based off ILM, Industrial Light and Magic. Uh, it's a six-episode series. The first three episodes deal mainly with Star Wars, um, because that's where ILM was based out of. Like It grew from these bunch of like offbeat, like specialized um, characters, um, animatronics, uh, lighting, editing, really specialized in the 70s, not at the time, like the, the big studio that it is now, but how it was created, how it was formed. Um, and that's the first three episodes. It kind of, uh, unfortunately, it does keep like a close, like linear to the Star Wars uh, line, how Star Wars grew, how ILM grew, mm-hmm. because that's where it's based out, but as you get towards the end, they get more into like everything else that they grew out of it, all the different um, aspects, how they became like the big boys in town from being like uh, the oddballs. Hmm. I like the story. It's fun. Um, I wish there was a little bit less Star Wars and more on like what they did in other productions, but I can also see why every, yeah. because everyone who knows ILM associates it with Star Wars. And because they are founded by George Lucas and closely tied to Star Wars, it would make it does make sense to go that route. I just wish there was more, especially towards the end, or even more episodes of like the other directors, other films they worked on, the other big breakthroughs that they had to work through. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense why it would be skewed that direction for sure. Yeah, but overall, really, really good, really, really interesting. Um, one of the better docs uh, you can find on Disney Plus. Cool. That sounds really cool. I'll have to uh, probably check that out. All right, cool. Well, that'll do it for thoughts for television. So let's move right into cancellations and renewals as we try to wrap this up today. Am I no longer watching? You're no longer watching, as we mentioned in the story, Gordita Chronicles, as that got canceled after just one season on HBO Max. The Flash, as we said, the days were numbered for the Flash television show. And sure enough, the ninth season will be its last on the CW. So the CW axes continue to fall. Next Just up, trimming everything down to a toothpick. Yeah. Next up, Showtime has canceled The First Lady after just one season. Freeform has renewed Good Trouble for a fifth season. Netflix canceled First Kill after one season. Eh, it kind of sucked anyways. Hmm. Uh, that's a vampire pun, in case you didn't get that. <laughs> uh, Spectrum uh, slash AMC, I guess this is a dual release. Uh, yes. Beacon has uh, renewed Beacon 23 for a second season. NBC has announced, and this is a big deal, Days of Our Lives, the currently longest-running American soap opera, will be off of network television starting next season. It will be moving to streaming on Peacock. So it will no longer be the longest-running uh, network soap opera. So sad, but... Well, yeah, network, because it's no longer be on cable. Right, but it will still run. Yes. And then next, we have a handful of deaths here. Uh, Lots of big deaths. This is for like all the like non-deaths that we've had the past several weeks. Yeah. Everyone, like a lot of big ones hit this week. Yeah. It was rough, rough week. Michelle Nichols, age 89, actress, most famous for Star Trek, of course, but also is in things like Truck Turner and Snow Dogs. So yeah. that's... Uh, a- Lieutenant Uhura. Yes. That's that one. Lieutenant Uhura. Uh, notable for being um, uh, the first uh, one of the one of two, one of the first uh, two people to have an interracial kiss on television. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: Pat Carroll, age ninety-five, actress, 
from The Little Mermaid, where she played Ursula. The Danny Thomas Show, Caesar's Hour, won an Emmy back in 1957. So long story history for Pat Carroll. Next up, Mo Austin, age 95, a Hall of Fame record executive, worked for Warner Records, Reprise, and Verve. Next up, Bill Russell, age 88, a Hall of Fame basketball player and coach. Boston. If you don't know the name Bill Russell, um, one, shame on you. Two, um, the number of accolades he has that you're just about to lift off right here yeah. is insane for yeah. one man to, to have. Yeah, let's go through it. Olympic champion, 1956, 11-times NBA champion, 5-time NBA MVP, 12-time NBA All-Star, an NBA Lifetime Achievement Award winner in 2017, 4-time NBA Anniversary Team player, 2-time NCAA champion, Presidential Medal of Freedom back in 2011, and 2-time NBA champion as a coach. So congratulations, man, what a life. A lot of hardware there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just the dominant force in like the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Uh, just everyone, the one person everyone looked up to, but uh, just because it was tall, but also that he was just that dominant for the Celtics. If you're ever looking into like the history of basketball and wonder why the Celtics were so mm-hmm. good during that run, right here, this man, yeah. this singular man. Sounds like it. Is the reason. Well, yeah, he will, def- he will definitely be dearly missed. And also dearly missed in the sports community, Vin Scully, age 94. Hall of Fame sportscaster, of course, most famous for calling uh, Brooklyn slash Los Angeles Dodgers games, um, but also just like a a flexible uh, sportscaster in the LA area uh, called a lot of different sports for uh, different games, a lot of different sports. But yeah, just known for a unique and uh, recognizable voice that anybody can immediately recognize like, oh, that's Vin Scully. Um, definitely one of the voices that continued through our, our lives and the lives of people before us too, like generations before us too. He lived long enough to touch multiple generations of people with the way he called games. Yeah, uh, like I said, he not, not only did baseball, uh, famous Dodgers, uh, Kirk Gibson home run, mm-hmm. uh, but he also did football called games with John Madden, who also passed yeah. away in the last year. Yeah. Um, and famous call for, uh, people who know in the NFL, the catch yes. with uh, 49ers versus uh, the Cowboys in the in MC championship game. That's his voice on there, on the catch. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just legacy story uh, broadcasting career. He retired in 2017. Yeah. Um, as, and has just been quietly living his life since then. But, yeah, just it's one of those things where you know it's coming and then all of a sudden like, it hits you and it's like, Oh, uh, I didn't realize it's gonna hit me harder than it did. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Voice of generations. Yes, especially here in uh, the Los Angeles area, he's uh, tributes all over the place. That I saw, I drove past a billboard in honor of him. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like definitely will be dearly, dearly missed and revered uh, by sports fans for forever. Yep, uh, sportscasters all around revered him as one of the greatest. Um, when the news broke, if you're watching sports during that time, they stopped the broadcast to tell you of his passing. Okay. And then the following couple of days were nothing but tributes to Vince Scully. Yeah, definitely a sad one. But uh, he will always be remembered because one of the nice things about being a sportscaster is you have tons of footage and audio recordings of you. You'll be able to be remembered forever, which is very cool. Yep. All right, let's move on out of that and into movies. We always start the movie section with weekend box office numbers. First up in the box office. Oh, I guess we should mention didn't watch any television this week. Or no, we already did that. That's right. We already did that. Come on. So okay, we get box office numbers. Your number one movie is still DC, or no, it debuted this week. DC League of Super Pets with $23 million debut. Probably mm-hmm. underperforming for the budget. Um, but this is going to, this is part of a string now of animated releases not quite hitting the big goal target that they were intended on hitting. So yeah, people aren't seeing movies right now, turns out. Number two, Nope, coming in with another $18 million. That's at 80 million domestic. Number three, Thor Love and Thunder, still crawling along with another 13 million. That's only a 301. Again, probably underperforming. Lived over the 300 mark. Yeah, Mm. may not make it to four. No. Uh, Number four, Minions, The Rise of Gru, another $10 million. Again, only 320 for a Minions movie. Really low. And then rounding out your top five, the opposite of low, your still biggest movie of the year, Top Gun Maverick, 
another eight million dollars. That's at six hundred and fifty. That's twice. Yep, that's where all the the box office money is going. We just want to see Top Cruise and Top uh, Top Gun. And your other debut this week, Vengeance, way down at number ten with only one point seven million dollars. Yep, um, it's said by release, <laughs> so that's what. No, I guess not wide enough. Yep. Um, this week, though, we do have a couple of. Uh, of uh, new releases coming out. We have Summering. Not sure what that is. And Mac and Rita. So yeah, two question marks uh, this week. But hey. You yeah, know I'm not sure. But uh, they say wide release. So let's go see those movies. Calendar. What they are. All right. Let's move on to moving stories this week. Oh, uh, no. Sorry. I don't think something else. Okay. Two quickies. Yeah. First, we start here in the state of California where we are currently recording. There's a new tax credit in town as California Governor Gavin Newsom endorsed legislation on Wednesday that will extend California's film and television tax credit program through 2030. If passed, the bill will provide $1.65 billion or $330 million annually in financial support for film and television makers and other content creators. The governor signed a separate $150 million incentive last year for soundstage construction we saw some of the results recently in a story that we, we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Newsom said in a statement, quote, extending this program will help ensure California's world-renowned entertainment industry continues to drive economic growth with good jobs and a diverse, inclusive workforce. In announcing his support for the film and tax credit extension, Newsom argued that the program generated $24 million, I'm guessing. It just says $24 in the story, but I feel like it's probably more than that. No, no, it's $24 for every $1 oh, Okay. Spent. $24 for the economic activity for every $1 investment, basically saying that it's 24 times whatever. So, yeah. okay. So, if they're investing uh, $1.7 billion, their return investment is going to be $24 yeah. billion. Dollars. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, I think that this is uh, an important time to do this because we have parallel stories happening this week, more stories about people continuing to get out of Georgia as different, uh, as there's talk starts about potential abortion bans uh, coming very soon. Not just Georgia, but also North Carolina, which Mm -hmm. recently had other issues in the news. Um, We're not going to get into it, but schools. But yeah, so Newsom has his work cut out for him here. All he has to say is like, not only are we going to give you tax incentives to do so, but also we're not going to do all that political shit to kick you out of the state. Anyways, we're, we're, we're like, this is a safe haven for people who want to make films and want to keep their moral, you know, their moral standing, what they believe in. It's, it's a good move, I think. It's good timing. Yeah, it's good timing for the announcement, especially with um, the primaries that happened just recently, just the past week uh, in other states uh, with the midterm coming up later this year. Yes, yes. So yeah, more production in California. Mm-hmm. Moving to our second story here. It's all about the Daniels, if you're wondering who they are. That's Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, the directing duo that recently directed Everything Everywhere All at Once. Well, they are in the news this week for signing an exclusive five-year partnership with Universal. The agreement, which includes their producing partner, Jonathan Wang, comes shortly after the aforementioned Everything Everywhere, cleared a major box office milestone, crossing $100 million in global ticket sales. It's the first A24 movie, as well as the first independent movie in the pandemic times, to hit that benchmark. The duo recently announced that they will direct and serve as executive producers on a new half-hour comedy for Showtime called Mason. So they've already got their next project rolling, and future projects will have a home at Universal. Very exciting to see, as they are currently one of the most exciting and interesting filmmaking duos we have. <laughs> um, this follows an exact same like language that the Jordan Peele deal did a couple of years ago after Get Out, where Universal signed a five-year deal. We already saw the dividends of that with us and now Nope. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Peele still has three films on that contract, but this is Daniels in the exact same deal for uh, five, five years. It makes sense. And good things have come out for uh, Jordan Peele out of that deal. So I could understand that good things will come out of this deal as well. So congratulations to these guys. Even though I didn't particularly love Everything Everywhere All at Once, I understand that it's adventurous and daring. And I want more adventurous, daring, original ideas in major film releases. So Universal is going to help power that. And I'm happy about it. If you want a really adventurous and really daring film concept, 
Watch Swiss Army Man. Oh, boy. No, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> All right. All right. Lastly, in movies, you watched Lightyear, finally. Tell me about yes. Lightyear. So Lightyear is now available on Disney Plus, which is how I was able to watch it. And a bit of a conundrum while watching it. <laughs> because the chicken or the egg scenario uh-huh. of if this is the prequel to um, the toy of Buzz Lightyear, like the origin story of the film that Andy goes to see and like the toys based off of Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. A lot of the lines said by Buzz Lightyear in this film reference other lines that Buzz Lightyear, the toy has said in Toy Story. So is it Buzz Lightyear creating these lines because he's acting like Buzz Lightyear in those Toy Story films? Or is he quoting himself from the movies of him just reciting lines and basically being a meme at that point of this is from the movie, so I'm going to say this line. I think it's that, right? Because the whole shtick in Toy Story 1 is that he thinks he's that character, right? Yeah, he thinks so he's of course he says those lightning. lines because he's literally programmed to. I think later, though, if there's stuff that he says later after he's kind of been deactivated, I guess you could say, and become a normal toy. I think even then, though, maybe it's subconscious. Like, maybe he still has those stuff because that's just what he's like always said and so he just says them <laughs> right because there's a difference between um a lot of stuff that's said like in the toy story film that impactful but if he ends up like just quoting himself <laughs> yeah it doesn't take away from impactful. uh for example um when Woody, Woody and Buzz are at the truck stop and he says you're a sad strange little man yeah. and you have my pity iconic line said to Woody because he's talking about Woody. Now, yeah. if you take that line and he uses it in Lightyear, <laughs> doesn't that line now lose all of its meaning because it's just him quoting himself from the movie that he's programmed to quote? So are you saying this movie has a solo problem, which is it tries to explain too much? A little bit. Because uh, yeah. there's two main instances of, of Buzz being like, Captain Buzz Lightyear um, unpro like like program, which is the beginning of Toy Story, and then Toy Story 2 with the fake Buzz. Uh-huh. Uh, with Buzz Belt. Belt Buzz. Um, well, he's got the belt and it's Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, yeah, right. That's yeah. Buzz. So it's, yeah. Um, so it's takes from that. Uh, but I just have a lot of problems with it. Um, basically in the order that I've watched it, I want to say. Like, if you give this to someone new who's like, here, watch Lightyear, now watch Toy Story, I think it would make more sense and like more canonically fit with everything. But because we're coming from such a 25-year gap between Toy Story and Lightyear with two other films, three other films within that canon of Toy Story... Um, for a generation, it will feel off. It will feel weird. It feel like you're just either poking fun or making fun of or making a mockery of Buzz Lightyear. But for a different generation who did grow up with them and didn't have the like, long time gaps between releases, yeah. and it'll just see Lightyear and then Toy Story because it's streaming, they may have a more of affinity for Lightyear. Maybe. Yeah, I feel like you're going to see a dividing line for sure about people who are like, well, this was my childhood and people who are like, no, this is new to me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that that's the purpose, right? Because Disney's always thinking about that. It's why their live action remakes of their classic films exist, right? It's why The Lion King existed in the way that it did, because it's not catering to the people who grew up on the original animated Lion King. No, it is catering to people who that is old and they want something new and looks modern. Mm-hmm. And that's Pixar doing something like this. It's Lightyear, I feel like, is going to be weird to look back on, I think, in the future, because everybody's going to be, see it as an outlier in the Pixar canon, right? Because it's even more cynical than the sequels. Like, use, even at the time, like, Monsters University was like, do we need to do this? Like, this seems unnecessary, it's superfluous, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. This is extra unnecessary and superfluous because it's not even a sequel. It's not even paying off the things that you love about these characters. 
it is like you said almost retconning a character to be like no this is the character's soul and like identity and what you saw in those other films the more like famous and better films <laughs> is just him being this existing character in a different context it's like yeah it's going to be weird to think about it's definitely going to be an outlier and i don't know if it's going to have a legacy and it just feels like such a disney move to make them make this movie it doesn't feel like pixar at all no it yeah. doesn't uh but we have more pixar to look forward to <laughs> yeah. uh, with that fire and water elements yeah so, i don't I think that's the only one they have uh, announced yeah right? I- I think so because everything else kind of paused and yeah, I Mm -hmm. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do going forward. I just hope that we don't get too many of this kind of vibe from them. I want obviously to see what I always want to see, which is more original content, original story, story being the focus, less of this referential stuff because it's not where they're, it's not where they're, they're at their best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but anyways, Lightyear, it's on Disney Plus uh, about like an hour and a half. You want to give it a watch. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, um, still has my big concerns, um, especially that I listened before, is that if Buzz Lightyear is the only toy to come out of this film, every other minor character has to be that minor to not get like a toy themselves. Yeah. More or less works that way, except for that uh, the the, uh, kitten robot. (laughs) <laughs> that's the one thing that's like mm, if like a studio actually made this the kid robot would definitely be on a toy somewhere yeah. or like uh, accompanied in like part of the box or something <laughs> companion piece yeah maybe alright yeah. that is Lightyear and that is it for the thoughts for this week so um, hey that'll do it for the podcast Yep. so thank you for tuning in, uh, listening to this episode. So I think I'll, this will probably be audio only this week. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week for a proper in-person episode. But in the meantime, you can catch us in all sorts of ways. Our videos are typically on YouTube. If you go to YouTube, search Media Build Podcast, you can find our channel. Like, subscribe, click the bell for notifications when we go live, like we will next week. We also have our audio versions of our podcast on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Search Media Boat Podcast. You can find us on social media networks like Twitter, where our handle is at Media, Ca- media Boat Cast. If you want to email us, ask us questions, uh, give us feedback, anything you'd like to, us to know, you can do so at, by emailing us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week for more news, more updates, more thoughts, everything we have to tell you over the next week. As it happens. Yep, I will be live next week. If you want to catch live, uh, just subscribe, ring the bell on YouTube, and we'll go live on YouTube. All right. right, Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later. See you guys next time. Okay, bye.